This is a little different. So I'd like you first, instead of taking your Bible, take your hymnal and open it up to page 685. And no, we don't have to stand and sing, but I want us to look at some words. As I was praying, Lord, what do I do? What do you want me to share? And I had a couple things going on in my head. And and of course, before I preach or get up and speak, I preach at Dave and the dog. They get to hear it first. And so I was preaching to Dave and, and it just wasn't happening. And I was getting a little frustrated and the dog didn't even like it. And... I said, okay, I'm just done. I said, I'm done. I'm, I'm just done. I've been trying all week to try to come up with something, and, and things just weren't coming together, and I was really getting frustrated, and the devil was getting the best of me because I even made mention, maybe God doesn't want me to speak anymore. I'm just done. And I thought, oh, I'm going to call Dick and tell him last night at 9 o'clock, you're preaching tomorrow. And then I thought, uh, no, I don't think Dick would like that too well. <laughs> and I went upstairs and, and I laid down and I just began meditating on God and trying to be still and know that he is God. And as I was laying there and I was praying and I was just like, Lord, I am nothing without you. And I don't know what people need, but you know what people need. And this song came to my mind. And I thought, well, I'll have to look it up because I forgot I had a hymn book (laughs) at home. And Dave remembered, we have one, use it. And uh, this song, I'm going on, kept going through my head. And then something else, and you'll see a little bit later, popped in my mind. And I thought, okay, God, here we go. We're going for it. Show me where I need to look in the scriptures because right now I have absolutely no clue. And first we want to look at these words. This song was actually written in 1918. And if you look at these verses, he starts out saying, I mean to go right on until the crown is won. I mean to fight the fight of faith till life on earth is done. I'll never more turn back Defeat I shall not know, for God will give me victory if onward I shall go. Should opposition come, should foes obstruct my way, should persecution fires be lit as in the ancient day, with Jesus by my side, his peace within my soul, no matter if the battle's hot, I mean to win the goal. I see a shining crown awaiting over there, I see a mansion all prepared and decked with beauties rare. Shall that which intervenes deprive me of my right? Nay, on I'll go until I reach that city of delight. Then forward let us go, our hearts with love aflame, our snowy banner borne aloft, inscribed with Jesus' name. The host of evil flee, and heaven's open gates invite me now to hasten where eternal glory waits. I'm going on, I'm going on, unto the final triumph, I'm going on. Those are some powerful words in that hymn that can give us some encouragement. 
Even in 1918, there were foes. There were obstructions along the way. But our goal isn't in the present time. Our goal is what's ahead in the eternal time. Turn with me, please, to Philippians 3. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 3 a little bit, and then we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And as that song came to my mind last night, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, okay, what scripture? And I looked up um, the author of that song and the words to that song. And part of this song actually came from Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 6. He says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Wow. Got to thinking about all of that and those words to that song, I'll never more turn back, defeat I shall not know. For God will give me victory if onward I will go. And I got to thinking about all the things throughout the Bible and all the trials and things that we face. And how often do we feel defeated? It's easy to feel defeated. 
Because we're surrounded by such negativity and such critical thinking and people judging us for how we look or what we wear or what we say or how we act. It's a constant battle. It's what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians. We are hard-pressed on every side. But we're not crushed. We're not being crushed. We can feel the tension. But we're not crushed because of Christ who lives within us. And thinking about all of these things, it's temporary. This life is temporary. The Bible tells us our life is but a vapor. It's like a flower. We're blooming one day and the next it withers away and it is gone. And yet, as humans, what is our focus on? We're usually focused on the now. And if we don't like what's going on in the now, we start thinking about what if. Or should I do this? Should I do that? Should I act like this person? Should I act like that person? We focus on the now. We focus on what's pressing us all around us. Instead, like the song said in the scripture says, we press on, we press back against all that negativity, against all those trials, and we keep our eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. He never said that life was going to be easy. He never told us that. But what he did say and what he demonstrated, every time the disciples were in a storm, it was usually on the water, and they call on Jesus and he says, Peace, be still. The storms calm down. The waves stopped crashing in so much. And they made it to their destination. It's the same thing with us. We have storms that come up on us all the time. We end up in situations in our jobs and even among our own families. Or sometimes we feel like we're all alone. And we listen to what people think about us. We listen to what they say. And sometimes our biggest battle isn't so much in dealing with temptations of this world. It's in our mind. That's the huge, the biggest battleground that a Christian faces is in the mind. It's what we think and what we allow the devil to put in our mind to think. And sometimes he is so subtle that we don't even realize the thoughts that have entered our head came directly from him. Just like last night for me, as I was trying to prepare, and out of my mouth comes, I'm done. I'm not going to speak anymore. I'm done. That wasn't from God. God doesn't work with frustration like that. The devil got in in my weak moment of not knowing what I was supposed to do or say. And it came out my mouth. He's very subtle. He's very sneaky. The devil appears as an angel of light. And any negative thought that comes into our heads is coming from him. Recognize that. He will try to make you feel hatred, especially when things are as bad as they have been in our country and all these shootings that go on. 
And I know, I know, those of you that heard about the shootings yesterday in El Paso and the ones that happened in the middle of the night in Dayton this morning, I know thoughts have gone through your head like, I hope that shooter is dead. I hope he gets killed. I hope this. I hope judgment is done. He deserves to have the, the worst thing come upon him because of all the lives he took. Is that what Jesus would say? No. And I think of those families of the victims. And what does Jesus say? Forgive. Forgive them. Jesus knows firsthand what it's like to be innocent and be killed. And yet Jesus hung on that cross and He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Wow. Yes, justice needs to be served. But even the killer as well as the victims are created in the image of God. God created everyone for a purpose. Those people just haven't found it. They haven't surrendered their life to Jesus Christ or they wouldn't have made the decision to shoot and kill. But where does that put us? We're not directly related at this point. Maybe some of you are. We still have to demonstrate the love of God through forgiving, even forgiving people we don't even know. And praying for their soul because their soul's at stake. And they're in a huge battle right now. They're in that balance. They need Jesus because their fruits are pretty rotten. And we know where they're headed. And they're headed to that same place that every single one of us were headed until we accepted Jesus into our heart. And Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to give gifts unto each and every one of us. God adopted us into His family as His children. That moment we said, Father, forgive me of my sins. I'm repenting of my sins. I'm turning from them. And Jesus says, Welcome. You're forgiven. All your sins are forgiven to be remembered no more. Those chains that have held you down are gone. Ephesians tells us that when He ascended up on high, He led captivity captive and He gave gifts to men. Everything that has held us captive, He's taken to the cross and set us free. We don't have to hold on to those chains anymore. And when we get Jesus in our heart, He gives us courage. He gives us a holy boldness. We don't have to listen to those negative thoughts. We don't have to have negative comments about things that are happening in our world, in our society. Instead, we keep pressing on. What are we pressing on for? Everything around us is temporary. It's going to be gone. We can't even take it with us when we die. So where's our focus? On everything that's happening, that's pressing in around us on side to side? Or is our focus on where we are heading? Because how we deal with situations in our life, in this lifetime, will determine where we end up in the next. And with Jesus by our side, defeat we shall not know. For God gives us victory if onward we will go. 
we keep our eyes on Jesus. We focus on Him. And when things get dark around us, we remind ourselves this is temporary. But there's a greater thing in store. And we press on. And we keep pressing on. And we keep praying, Father, help me in this situation, whatever it is. Deliver us from evil. Help me keep my focus on You. Work through me. Speak through me. Live through me. So that no matter where I go, I have victory because it's Jesus Christ who lives within me and gives me that victory. I'm not a quitter. I'm not going to stop. I will keep pressing on no matter how hard it gets because I know I have a heavenly father that we just sung about a good good father who when i see him face to face he's gonna wrap his arms around me and hug me so tight and he's gonna say welcome home my good and faithful servant you have fought the good fight you finished the race you're home rest in my peace rest in my love that's what i want to hear i don't want to hear depart from me for i never knew you I don't want to be the one that sees our great Creator face to face and tell Him, I taught Sunday school. I went to church every Sunday. I tried to help people. And He says to me, but you, I never knew you. Why would He say that? Because I never surrendered my life to Him. That's why He would say that He never knew me. I don't want to be that person. It's not about how much good we do that's going to get us into heaven. It's about repenting of our sins, believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He rose from the grave on the third day for victory over sin, victory over death. And if we believe in Him and receive Him into our life and follow Him, we're going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. It's not about how many classes we teach or how many people we help or how much we give away or what we do in this lifetime, or how many mission trips we go on, or how many pews we sit in throughout our lifetime. It's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And with Him in our heart, when that battle comes, we hold on tight. And we let Him work. We let Him work through us. We let Him work around us. We're not going to be crushed by the battle. God's Word tells us that. We just read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're despised. We're persecuted, but not forsaken because of Jesus Christ who lives in us, who is the light of the world. We had this lesson a while back in youth. We began a journey called the Ultimate Adventure, and it was called Beginning the Climb. And the mountain represented our life. It says, life is often an uphill journey as we seek to make our way and to know God and God's will. Our guide is Jesus. Climbing a major mountain without a reliable guide is, a foolish, is as foolish as riding a bicycle on a busy interstate blindfolded. Jesus is the one we can count on to lead us to the top of the mountain. Our rope. A strong rope can keep climbers from slipping and falling to their death. The Bible is our lifeline. We must hold on to it in order to avoid disaster. The team, other Christians, that's you and me, we're part of this team. Those who climb alone often die alone. 
Team members can assist and watch out for one another, increasing their chances for survival and success. Other Christians are very important as we make our way along our spiritual journey. The harness that a rock climber wears equals God's promises. When climbers have a harness buckled around their bodies, they have an extra measure of security. If something goes wrong, God's promises enable us to make the climb with confidence, knowing that God is holding on to us even when we momentarily forget to hold on to God. The bottom of the mountain is the day you become a Christian. This is the point at which the climb truly begins. We don't get to the top of a mountain by chance any more than we could accidentally build a skyscraper. The journey starts with an intention. Intention is generated in the determination to follow Jesus Christ. The top of the mountain is perfect Christ-likeness. This is the summit toward which we press. Each day of our lives should be another step in that direction. The valleys are lost hope and despair. Those who stay in the valley will never have a mountaintop experience. They may find fame, sex, money, and achievement, but they will not lay hold of true fulfillment and happiness. Discouragement and despondency hover in the valley like a chilling fog. True joy resides on the summit with Christ and in daring to make that journey. Did our pictures work? I had two pictures I wanted to share with you. One is named Caleb number one. When we finished our series, our adventure series, we went rock climbing to put everything into action. We went up to Kendall Cliffs, and that is Caleb trying to climb up this wall, and that is his guide. And we had all been climbing different ones, different, there's different levels that you can try. And this was one of the big ones, the big walls. And Caleb is getting up there, but you could tell Caleb is getting tired. And he got to that point, and there he stayed. And he did something that most people do. And even the song kind of refers to this. And I asked Caleb for permission to bring him into the message today. Um, he looked down. He looked down. And when he looked down and saw where he was and where the ground was, even though he was attached to that guide with a rope and a harness, and they're holding him up there, he's like, I'm done, I'm done, let me down, let me down. And I was behind that guide, and I said, don't you dare let him down. And Caleb's like, just let me down. I can't do this no more. I'm like, no. What I didn't know was what was coming out of my mouth next, that the entire building heard me. And, I, and it hit me. Everything we just learned about, what the rope represents, what the harness represents, what the guide represented, the whole experience, it all just came flooding into my mind. And I said, Caleb, don't quit. I said, when things get tough in life, are you going to stop? Are you going to quit? I said, think about what we just went through. God is with you. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Don't stop now. This is like a storm in life. Don't jump ship. Stick with it. 
God's got this. You got this. Don't quit. Get up there. Reach that ceiling. Slap the top. Because that's where Jesus is. Get there. The top of the mountain. He wasn't so sure. He's like, no, no, just let me down. And I said to the guy, don't you dare let him down. And by now, we've got the rest of the youth group in there. Jesse started climbing. You can't see Jesse, but he's off to the left. And he started climbing to help, you know, hey, we can do this. I'll do it with you, buddy. We, We got this. I'm right here. We're right here. And it became teamwork. Before I knew it, there were strangers standing. (laughs) Don't quit. Don't quit. You got this. You got this. And all of a sudden, Caleb just like took a deep breath. And then we have Caleb number two. He made it to the top and he slapped that wall. He didn't quit. And we're all cheering. We're like, you did it. You did it, man. You got there. You did it. You conquered that wall. That's the team of Christians when we are going through a rough time in our life. You got this. Don't stop. Keep pressing on toward that goal, that prize, that high calling in Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Caleb gets down from there. There's a certain way you come down. You follow the guy's rules. You get down. Everybody was clapping. Everybody was cheering. Even people, (laughs) we did it. No, and that's when it dawned on me. They heard everything I was shouting. And as we went to leave that place, several people came up to me and said, Thank you. We needed this. And they were professional rock climbers. And I thought, wow, we don't even realize how our life impacts those around us that we don't even know. Everybody faces a battle at some point in their life. How we respond to our own battles and to others can make a big difference in the outcome. But one thing like the harness is God's promises if we hold on to when we're in some tough battles, some promises we need to keep in mind is in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do it. I can get through this. I can be a conqueror because Jesus said we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Paul said that about Jesus. We're more than conquerors. And praise be the God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. He gives us the victory. Sometimes we don't even have to fight because the victory's already won because God's giving it to us as long as we keep our focus on Him. We don't look down. We don't look back. When we look back, we start being reminded by the devil of the sins that we are involved in and he'll make us feel unworthy of any victory. And then he tries to bring in self-pity and all kinds of craziness that doesn't please God. We keep our focus on Jesus. Another promise, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. When you are living your life to please Jesus Christ and you are doing everything right and the world around you says you're doing everything wrong and they try to put you down, they try to condemn you, God's Word says no weapon formed against you will prosper. They're already defeated even before it comes out their mouth and they won't understand why you keep going on. And it's like, wow, 
I treated them this way and this way, and they still smile at me. They still shake my hand. And they're still moving forward. How is that possible? God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. We read in Matthew 4, when Jesus started his ministry, how he healed. He healed the sick. He healed the lame. He he cast out demons. He did all these things in front of his disciples. And he was actually training them to be like him when he left the earth. But guess what? All those things represent sin sickness that we once had before we accepted Christ. And Jesus healed us from that sin sickness. He defeated those sins that were defeating us and destroying us. And he gave us victory over sin as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep pressing on toward that prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He has called each and every one of you. He's called you sons. He's called you daughters. And He's prepared a way for you, a plan for you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and to give you a future. He's created you to be a warrior for Him. He's created you to be a prayer warrior down on your knees, praying God's Word so victory comes quicker for some that need it quicker. He's provided us with free gifts of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, mercy, gentleness. Against such there is no law. The more of Jesus we have in our life, the more of those good fruits we are planting seeds in the lives of others by our actions. All of those things, love, joy, peace, kindness, mercy, gentleness, long-suffering, or patience, they're actions. They're not just words. It's easy to say, I love you, and move on, and not even realize what you said. They're actions. Actions speak much louder than our words. So are we planting seeds from the fruit of the Spirit at work, at home, at school, in the park, at Walmart? Wherever we are, are we planting seeds just by our presence? Are we able to smile at those that you see trying to punch holes in laundry detergent so when someone picks it up, it pours out on them? And we say, no, 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 but I love you anyway. And we pray for them because they're lost. They need Jesus. But I'm here to tell you this morning what God has laid on my heart, that nothing is impossible with him. The victory is already there. God has given us the victory over everything we face in life. And sometimes that storm seems to last a little longer than we like. But he gets us through it. Whether it's a sickness or it's a death in the family or it's something going on at work or at school or you're being bullied or you've got something going on. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. God's got it. As long as we keep our eyes on Him. That's the key. That's the key. When the going gets rough, the tough get going. When the going gets rough in a Christian's life, we turn to Jesus and He takes care of it. 
There's lessons to learn. There's strength to gain. But victory is always ours when our eyes are kept on Jesus. So I encourage you this morning that no matter what you're facing, when that doubt starts to arrive, rebuke it in the name of Jesus and ask Him to help you believe what He can do because His promises are true. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Praise be to God who gives you the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper because greater is He who is in you than he that is in the world. To God be the glory. He chose you to represent His Son, Jesus Christ, in this temporary world. And when you do that and you keep your eyes on Him, you've got a prize waiting for you on the other side in a place that's not temporary it's eternal and you will see your Savior face to face with arms open wide saying well done my good and faithful servant you were pressed hard on all sides but not crushed you were persecuted but not defeated you kept rejoicing in my salvation that I have freely given you and you made it you won the prize welcome home I love you I love you I love you you did it that's what's waiting for you and for me keep your eyes on Jesus no matter what comes your way because you are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. Our Almighty God, You are awesome. Your words are never ending. Your promises never fail. You bring us out of all kinds of things that sometimes we get ourselves into. Sometimes it just happens. But Lord, You are there every step of the way. Your mercy and grace knows no bounds. There is nothing impossible with you, Almighty God. I pray this day that you will continue to bind us together as your family, as your children, and that we will go from here today encouraging one another and building each other up. For you have made us more than conquerors through you, Jesus Christ. No one else could do it but you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to your Father except through you. Today, Father, I ask that you allow us to have a new experience with your Son Jesus living in our hearts. I ask for a new anointing. As your Word says, we are renewed daily by you, the bread of life, the living water. Help us, help us with your Holy Spirit to always keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.